Welcome to the show today, continuation of episode 2, and it's called Spare the Child, Spoil the Future. Welcome to the Kenyan Voices podcast, a podcast by Kenyans living in Kenya and abroad. On each episode, we discuss news, issues, current affairs. Our contributors focus on a theme about which we feature stories of everyday people. In other episodes, we shall bring you guests, probe them about their life stories, experiences, lessons they've learned, and how to make a difference. It's, it's interesting that we brought up, especially the changing landscape in terms of kids are being brought up. And we've given a good reference around the different cultures definitely had sort of a hands-off, you know, community role was uh, probably a little bit more emphasized. One of the things that has grown and has changed uh, the whole upbringing landscape is disciplining kids. So we, we've transitioned, and especially for us who grew up in Kenya, Spanking was part of the, the modes of disciplining kids, but we've seen a bigger shift moving away from it and lots of evidence around what an amount of harm this does to kids. What's your take on this? For me, I think my children are different, but um, so you, they, I don't think there's a template on how you, you raise all children. I think people are different from, from when they are very young, but in terms of spanking or not, I mean, I was spanked. I was uh, or canned or hit with a belt or slippers or something um, growing up in Kenya. It turned out just fine. And I think when, when, when we are young, um, the only thing that makes this is there's a science to it. Apparently, young people don't always connect action and consequences until they get to, a, to the age of about their mid-20s. That's when they can always connect action and consequences but fear is one thing people understand really well from a very young age and i think for most at least in my experience there are so many things that i didn't want to do uh wrong things because i feared that you know what would happen to me uh, in terms of discipline uh, from my parents so uh, in my experience and what i've tried to do uh, there's a short window to where you can spank your child and i think once they get to the age of about seven, eight years, I don't think it's meaningful anymore. So you have to use that window, at least in my opinion, when they're younger. But obviously it has to be within reason. You know, I spanked my son once in a while, maybe, um, I don't remember, maybe the last time I did it was three months ago. So it's something that I do, but yeah. I think wow. is asking a question. Uh, wait until you become a parent. Uh, I, I, I'd like to cut in here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Fiona, Fiona, what's your take? Yeah, so I think for me, um, my view is completely different. I, I grew up in an environment where um, I was beaten senseless in school. And I think I was one of the good kids. Like, really, when I look back, I'm like, 
there really was no reason for such, you know, violence on a little person. Um, but at home, my parents didn't believe in spanking at all. And my mom was a primary school teacher. So we actually never got hit at home. It was always a talking to, you know, be reasoning with, and it worked out very well. And I think I wouldn't advocate for spanking of kids in, under any circumstances. I mean, it was traumatic growing up in, um, you know, as a child and we'd be beaten because you forgot a pencil, you'd be beaten because you got a question wrong, you'd be beaten because the class is making noise and all of you are beaten. In fact, I remember one time the, the class average, I think it was maths or something, whatever the class average was, anybody who was below that class average, they got the number of canes for the, you know, the number of marks they were below the average. Or there were those ones who used to say from a hundred, everybody gets beaten for every question that they get, they get, you know, wrong. So it was just, in my opinion, excessive. And at the time, I didn't think there was an issue with it. It seemed normal. But now that I think back at it, I'm like, I know, man. Okay, okay. Good. Evans, Evans, you seem to be on the, you know, you're protesting as much as I was talking. Yeah. Even if you wanted to say something. Yeah, some yeah, yes. Uh, Unfortunately, I think violence begets violence. Uh, when you hit a kid, <laughs> listen, when you hit a kid, uh, uh -huh. uh, they think that all their problems are solved that way. And uh, I have seen uh, my son behave like that uh, when he's hit at school, then at the daycare, then he hits me. When I'm not listening to him, he hits me. So I cannot... I cannot hit him and then tell him hitting others is wrong. He'll be really confused. And I yeah. think uh, uh -huh. getting down to a child's level and uh, speaking to them, uh, you know, you, you, I usually kneel so that I'm the same height as my son and hold him around the shoulders so he's listening to me. Sometimes I scream. It's not appropriate, but sometimes I'm so mad I'm screaming. And this seems to actually hold uh, more weight with him because uh, he, then he's not screaming back at me. Okay, so let me just ask a question before you proceed. Mm. I want to ask you guys, everybody who is on, on this forum, have you, all of you, looked at what's happening in Kenyan schools nowadays since the uh, corporal punishment stopped and compare that to the days we used we went to school and just tell me what you think has happened and whether that has anything to do with uh, the lack of corporal punishment i don't think so i think uh, my my thinking here is that uh, uh, parents in kenya tend to to pass or to abdicate their duty as parents so they want the teachers to parent for them they want their households to parent for them and they will not do anything to their children so is that something that has changed over the years? Like what has changed? What, what is the shift? Disrespect starts at home. So yeah, if, exactly. yeah, if your parents allow you to disrespect them and then you take that kind of mentality to school because, you know, even with me, like to this day, I will not disrespect people, you know, on the outside simply because that was not allowed in our household. Disrespect was like the worst thing you could do in our household. So if you spoke to my mom, you spoke to her with respect and she expected that that behavior would carry over out into the outside world. So I think a lot of the reason is what Yuna said. It's like parents are abdicating their parental duties to everyone. And then of course, when it comes time for blame, 
um, they, of course, don't want to take the blame because, you know, even here, if you see a lot of teachers are saying, you know, um, this child is not doing homework and then they'll have a parent teacher conference meeting and then the parent blames the teacher. Like somehow it's supposed to be, you know, the teacher's duty to make sure that the child does the homework. And then, of course, if they don't do the homework, the child is not, you know, they're not responsible for their behavior. So I think the shift is not necessarily you know, the lack of corporal punishment, but I think it's the lack of a, a accountability and responsibility, both on the on the role of the parents and then on what the parents are expecting from their children too. Um, yeah, and, and I have to say that um, I agree with that as well. I don't think the, 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 the two, I wouldn't put a direct correlation on the two um, mature because I think the reasons are different. And unfortunately, I think we see a lot of things going wrong in, in society at the moment. Um, you know, and we, we just, as Kenyans, there are so many values that we've lost. And even, even among adults, you just see, you know, society, all this corruption business and all this, um, you know, all these things that are going wrong that we, we see, it definitely trickles down. So the kids are not are not in a the kids are immersed in that environment, and I think it's definitely a reflection of what's happening in society in general. I wouldn't put it down to caning or not caning because um I don't think it's it, you you can you know you can you can prove that um you know when you beat kids, they behave better, maybe they do maybe they don't. But I think for me, I'd separate the two issues and say that the indiscipline, you know, with our kids is, 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 is completely as a result of what's happening in wider society. Like if you're doing something, like to, to Eunice's earlier point, if you're doing something that you have no moral right to tell your kids, don't do the same thing simply because they're a child. Well, I think the overall view is there's a, is a changing landscape and there are people, there are probably certain parents who are abdicating their duties. And, and of course, it goes back to the question, which will be important, especially for most of us who, you know, largely spent quite a big, big chunk of our, our childhood in boarding schools. You know, based on that background, do you think this still remains relevant to Evans, uh, boarding school versus day school? Matiko, let me, before Evans answers that question, you did not tell us because now it looks like I'm the only one here who, who was for for spanking. You did not tell us your opinion. You're also a parent. Can you <laughs> shed some light? Okay. <laughs> We're looking for support. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 was, I was really hoping you wouldn't go into this. So I think you know it's really it's really quite a hard question, especially uh, from a, a very pragmatic uh, approach to things. So, and, and I like the, the fact that, you know, Eunice, the conversation around coming down to the level of the kid and having this conversation. But I think over time, one of the things I've learned, there are certain, certain looks that when my daughter sees on my face, knows what is supposed to be done and do the right thing, but sometimes knows there'll be a pinch coming along the way. So uh, you're not eating, there's something that will happen to you. There are a lot of these things that will happen to you. So not okay. really point of to a point of you know being very punitive but there are certain things you know a pinch or you know uh, a certain tap on the maybe on the wrist that makes some sense in terms of okay if i don't do this this is a repercussion so that's the kind of interaction that we've had over time 
Okay, and I also want to make it clear here, just so people don't think I'm abusing my child or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we do it. It's it's like Matiko has said. It's something that's reasonable. It's not about the pain. Okay, you do this. There's there's a consequence to that, and the and the kids really feel very hurt emotionally. But trust me, a spank here and there, a pinch here and there does the magic. Uh, I think. Uh... We should not confuse fear with the respect. Uh, when, uh, when kids, uh, from my own experience, I was afraid of my mother. I, I, I didn't have the time to process love or respect for her. I was just absolutely terrified. If I did something wrong, I knew that there would be war. Uh, I, I don't think that kind of uh, a feeling that you that we want our children to have we want our children to make mistakes and to know it is okay to make mistakes yeah but Eunice we live in a world where sometimes mistakes cost you you know a lot my I know that you know love is, is something that's very it's big in the west but love really means nothing if it's not um, my, my responsibility as a parent is to raise someone who will go out there and function. I love my child, you know? I mean, I don't know how else you express love than to raise your child so that they become a responsible citizen. So yeah, if fear was the thing that worked for you and you, you became a responsible person, um, I mean, you, you love your parents. I'm sure you love your mother, you know, in spite of all the... <laughs> The fear that you I had. do, I I, I do, much, but I have scars. I have scars. <laughs> okay. that I, seriously, I carry <laughs> scars with me that I will never ever be able to. I don't know, you know, it heals, but I have, I still have those scars. And I have sat down with my mother and asked her, really, was that necessary? Was it necessary? What did she say? She said, "That's how I was brought up. That's how I knew to discipline children. I didn't know any other way." Uh, yeah. Like you cannot do that. I mean, was it was it like was it as was it worse than what we used to get in school in boarding schools? I didn't go to boarding school until high school, and I was very I was a very bright kid, so I was never beaten ever at okay. school. So okay. I didn't get any beatings at school. Maybe I, I think I can count the amount of times I was beaten up in school. But at home, I was even every time when I went to high school and we were on holiday, I, I didn't want to go home. Really, it's, it's not, it's that bad. I still have those cars and it hurts me. I think there are extremes, you know, I don't think, there are extremes to everything. Um, and that's why I was saying within a measure of reason. I think the, uh, the argument though, I think would be, is there a better way to do it? Um, and maybe that way is worth considering to say, even if, even if it's, it's not extreme, you know, is there another, um, is there another way that can, that can get you the same results with, without the, uh, the possibility of those cars that Eunice is talking about? I mean, I, I can share from my own experience, I was never beaten as a kid and I turned out okay. So there's a case study for that to say, if um, if you don't spank kids, it's not that they won't turn out okay. Yeah, yeah. One out of you know that's the eye test. That's that's conjecture. You, there's only one person. There are four of us. There are four of us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I I need to look this up and see if this if someone has done a study on you know the kind of 
spanking that's adequate that's not too much and if there's benefit to it versus no don't don't read those don't read those studies you'll <laughs> suffer you'll suffer from what you call paralysis by analysis much it's important yeah. to note that uh, uh -huh. there have been studies on you know positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement so maybe that might be the way to look at it rather than you know corporal punishment versus non okay. um and it, you know the reinforcements you know they work completely different because negative reinforcement you know it's like you know don't do this because these are you know the set of things that are going to occur if you if you do and then you know with positive reinforcement it's a little bit different um and well, uh, something else uh, to consider Machera also is uh, uh -huh. when you actually look at a lot of people who were beaten as kids and they turned out wrong you will find there's plenty of that as well because it, it was, there, it was there more are, or less yeah. the norm there are yeah. um all, i mean in kenya i think it was more more or less the norm it was the norm yeah yeah i think oh. you also have to see how resilient a child is because you know children are different okay good so i know we, we we've hit one hour so i guess it will be important for us to wrap this up i wish to pick this from each of us uh, in terms of just the pointers around what should we look out for what are some of the things you've learned over time and especially going forward what would be the best approaches? I say if you, you know, spank, explain to them why. Because, um, you know, uh, I'm a little bit like Eunice um, in that, well, maybe I should say more like Fiona. My, uh, my parents didn't necessarily spank us a lot, but my mom ruled with an iron fist. Um, you know, like there's this joke my friends have that they didn't see my mom smile or crack a joke until I was like 22. Um, so she definitely ruled by fear. And so, you know, for a long time, I don't necessarily know if I loved her, but I feared her. And then, you know, as I got older, I respected her. Um, so one thing I have to say is maybe as a child, when I was pink, you know, being explained to why that occurred. Um, and, um, you know, our parents parented the way their parents parented. And so hopefully with the new generation, as with anything, you hope that they get better. And so, um, you know, just talking to your kids, because I think a lot of our parents talked at us instead of to us. So my parting shot is, you know, if you do have children, talk to them, not at them. So, uh, Fiona, what's your take? Um, so I think for me, uh, sorry, just one, one thing, I just wanted to make a comment on something that was discussed earlier in the, in the podcast where um, I think it was about... Um, what your kids want to do and whether it's, you know, beneficial or, you know, whether it's a good career or not, or whether it could make money. I, my take on that was that um, any, anyone can pick a career that is um, not lucrative and make it work and vice versa. So even if someone decides to be um, a bus driver, for example, and we know that it doesn't pay, it doesn't offer many options, yet you find that there are some people who will take that and do magic with it simply because their hearts are in it and because their, their values are right and it opens up other opportunities even and, you know. So I think for me, it's more about... Um, it's not about what you do with what you have. I mean, there, we know of people who have gone on to very, what should be very lucrative careers and have not, it has not worked out. So I think for me, it's more about the values. But I think overall, I think on parenting, it's, look, I'm not a parent, but I feel, I feel like um, I was brought up by such amazing parents. They were very strict, but they were very involved. And it was a house 
and even knowing up there, growing up, then I knew, okay, these people are a bit different because one, we used to be beaten at home. Everybody else used to be beaten at home. But they had, um, you know, they were very involved in our lives. We would sit, you know, uh, growing up, we had to sit at the table for dinner every night and we would set the table and we would talk and talk and talk and eat. And that was a must. Holidays, we used to travel a lot. So my parents is still in a sense of adventure. I mean, we'd, uh, and we weren't rich, eh? We didn't have much money, but, um, you know, we traveled all over the country. You know, my parents would put us into a car and we'd go to, I mean, there's no corner of Kenya we didn't go to. We went to Embu, Meru, Garissa, Eldoret, the coast, western, east, I mean, like, just. And that taught me something. And when they were strict, we knew what, why they were doing what they were doing. And, um, when but when 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 it was time to do work i mean they didn't play i mean like from the time we were i think 12 we never had a household from the time that we were 12 so everything in the house was done by us of course and our parents so saturdays for example we would clean you know when you clean you even wash the the outside of the house you wash clothes you wash the cars you i mean we even used to wash the water tank <laughs> you know, but that was like wood, like we were like proper laborers. I mean, I always say if I was to be a house help, I would be a damn good house help just because of the training that I received in my home. Uh, but then there was a balance as well. So I think that is the right way to bring up kids to say, and I'm not perfect. You know, I have m many flaws and my parents are not perfect either. They have their own flaws. But just I think in terms of a parenting style, one that, you know, puts the kids at the center is so important. And, you know, just taking care of, 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 of the family, keeping the family as a unit, um, again, is so important. So I think for me, you know, from an experience of how I was parented is exactly how I would like to do it in future. Well, um, I, I think we've, we've all hit on some very good points. Um, I'm, I'm, the, the gears in my head are turning right now, but uh, thank God I, I'm not a parent yet, so I have time to practice this. <laughs> Um, but, but, you know, I think one, Stacy said that, and I, I'm not disagreeing, I'm just pointing out that, yes, back in the past, people did have more children because of child mortality. Um, even after child mortality dropped significantly, you still had people having more kids. But um, I think there's another aspect to it that has been um, kind of operating simultaneously with all those, you know, it's not just, I don't see it as a one reason debate. Uh, but I think the, and, and maybe the other ones are practical, and this one is also practical, but it's not very apparent. But I think the only reason why you even have kids is so that you can live forever, so to speak. I think to me, having kids is second best to uh, immortality because you're passing on your genes on into the next generation, and you hope they do the same, and it keeps on going. And now it's that gets into the biblical and faith discussion, but from, you know, from an evol evolution psychology, I think it holds water to the, to the point where you want to have your genes passed into the next generation, right? Now, this might be very, very low in the, in the, in the um, subroutine of our minds, is something we probably don't even think about consciously. And so the question then becomes, what version of you do you want to send into the next world? You have no 
little to no control as to, you know, how the biology happens. But then once the kid is there, then now you have whatever tools you have to mold them so that they, they in turn, first of all, get to the point where they can leave their genes, which are also your genes, into the next generation going forward. Again, that immortality issue. So then now you have tools to help them do that. So to me, it seems like you should use whatever you have. Whatever it is that you have, you should use it. You should, you should make sure that, those, that, that your kids are the best kids, um, whatever, whatever it is you consider the best, uh, probably more survival than just mere pleasing people. You want them to be able to survive whether or not they please other people around them. Uh, and if you had, I guess maybe you could do both, but if you had to prioritize, I would say I want my kids, first of all, to be the kids that end up living to be adults who are able to then have kids. But I also think there's something that I've been seeing, and, and this is just a theory. I think that the way you raise boys is kind of different from the way you raise girls. Boys, I know for sure, because I was one of them, they, boys have a very real relationship with reality, right? So boys understand physical force more than uh, social exclusion, for example, or being talked. So I would say for, for, for men, especially for, I mean, boys who are going to be men, um, I, I don't think spanking is out of the, I, I don't think it's out of reach because they even, I remember even as a kid understanding the difference between, um, I wasn't able to, to explain it, but I could understand the difference between being punished for something you did and that including force or someone just hating you or someone being malicious towards you. Um, I, I don't know about girls. That's kind of, I've never been a girl, didn't have sisters, but I would imagine that there's more, they're, they're driving forces more towards like being excluded, time out and being talked to and that type of thing. So there's, there, there might be a, and this might be a, a different episode, but there might be a difference between how you parent, you know, um, boys and how you parent girls. But also I, I would like to ask a question, Marsh, and maybe you can do this in your wrap up. Um, when you discipline Leo, which I, by the way, I was not protesting I was just saying, you know, I, I know I, I see the kid once a year or so and he's in his best behavior. But I also know that this is, this is the effort that it takes so that when a visitor comes, they see a well-behaved kid. I understand that. I was just saying, you know, it's, it's the first time I've heard that Leo is spanked and I'm very sad. But, but I understand. But the question I have for you, Mash, is, and this is wrapping up now, uh, do you think there's a difference between how you express, or let's say how you would spank him as opposed to how you, as opposed to how your wife would. Uh, the reason why I ask is because I think men are able to, um, and, and I'm not talking about the, the kids now, I'm talking about the parents, uh, when you are exerting physical force, whether it's a spanking or whether it's whatever it is, I, I think that you're able to measure that more than a woman would, and and this is just a theory. But I think men are more able to measure it, and and almost you almost come out of it feeling disappointed, um, even if the force is physically more. Uh, whereas a, whereas when 
moms especially do it, they almost escalate the situation as opposed to de-escalating it, regardless of the the strength of force involved. If I was, you know, if I was in, living in an idealistic world, then I wouldn't think that there would be a difference between raising a boy and a girl. But because, you know, we don't live in a culture of vacuum. So if you look at, and I was talking to my wife about this the other day, that sometimes people think that it's more important for boys to have a father figure in their lives compared to girls, but actually it could be the other way around, that it's more important for girls to have a father figure in their lives when they're growing up. And this may not be based on any scientific evidence, but you know, if you look at women who um, experience abuse and sort of accept it from their spouses or, or boyfriends or whatever, it's very likely that they may have come from a household where they saw it happening and they thought that it was normal for um you know for for a a woman to get that treatment from a man and so i think it's as important for girls to have a father figure in 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 their lives when they're growing up um in terms of whether you raise them differently if i had a daughter i don't think i would spank her I don't think I don't think I would do it. I think I would probably leave that to the mother to do it. But in terms of how we discipline our sons, I mean, we're not trying to inflict pain. It's more like, um, no, don't do that again. Um, if you do that again, this is what's going to happen to you. So um, we are on the same page pretty much in terms of how we do it. And we try to avoid using our hands um, because you don't want them to associate you with something. It's more like a muiko. You'll get muiko. So it's, you know, uh, if they see the muiko, they know what it's about, what's about to happen to them. To close, uh, you know, there's no template to raise a human being. There's really no template out there. People are different. Kids are different. They react to different things differently. Uh, some kids will really do well when you talk to them. Others, you know, it's, it's a whole different story. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm preparing my son to go to school and he's crying. You know, the first thing he does, he wakes up, in, he's in a bad mood. He's yelling, he's crying. You try to talk to them as well, as much as you can. You are talking for five minutes. They are yelling over nothing, um, really. You know, you'll tell them, okay, put on your jacket. And he'll say, no, daddy, it's too big. And sometimes, you know, just spanking does the magic they behave like a new person um and i think sometimes kids are yearning for that for that uh direction they're sort of lost in this world and they just need direction parenting styles are different i don't remember ever my dad um spanking me i remember once i was in class five um i had not taken my medicine i was sitting next to to him in the front seat and he pinched me i remember that very vividly <laughs> Uh, my mom, it used to happen all the time, at least from the age, you know, of, up to the age probably of 10, 11. Uh, yeah, you know, if you do anything, you know what's coming after you, a slippers or a belt, and you're running. I mean, kids know when they've done something wrong. You don't really have to explain to them. I turned out just fine. We all did. Many of us were spanked. There's spanking that's abusive, and there is another form that's, I think, helpful. And the ultimate goal, obviously, is to raise a person who goes out there in the world and thrives. 
Um, before I had a child, I had all these ideas about how I'm going to raise him and uh, how I'm going to discipline him and all that. And uh, I was utterly disappointed uh, when he, he, he uh, you know, he has a mind of his own. Uh, when he was a baby, I could tell him, hey, do that, do this, do the other. But when he's older, then I cannot do that. <coughs> and for the record, even yelling at children in Finland is illegal. So uh, that's a no-go either. <laughs> so what I have, I have uh, come to accept is that my, my role as a parent is to support my child. I let him, you know, I take his, his lead. He shows me what he wants and that's what I support. I have no expectations that my son is going to be a doctor, is going to be a musician. Whatever he wants to be, I will support him. And this one I say sincerely. I, I did not have him because uh, I want to perpetuate my genes. Oh, please. If uh, Actually, at some point, I thought I do not <laughs> want children. So I decided that I am never, ever going to mention him having children in the future. So if he wants children, it has to be his decision and not mine, because I really don't care if my genes uh, go on or not. And that's the honest truth. But my parenting philosophy nowadays is that I anchor my child by giving him wings to fly. So he can be whatever he wants to be. But if he needs me, he knows that I am there. That's it. Good. Thanks for, you know, quite on point and really hard hitting. And thanks again. For those of us already parents, those are aspiring to be parents. It's been probably a topical issue around, you know, how we do this. There's quite a lot of books, a lot of talks around this. It's not only our role right now, but it shapes how the future of not only of a nation, but how the world is going to be. And one of the things that has really come out strongly is, you know, there's no template. There are quite a lot of ways we could do this, but there are certain ideals that become very important. And one of the things I like is we are the elders. We need to take cues from them in terms of what some of the things that they need. And we be out there to support some of the aspirations. And one of the things that I liked a lot from Eunice's submission is it, it shouldn't be that you know, there are fixed ideologies, that we should fix certain ideologies to the kids, but we should at certain stages step back to listen to some of their needs and be ready to support them in the things that they need to do. I think the key takeaways are let's be compassionate, let's be, let's be available for them despite the changing landscape where we have been given a little bit more, you know, more knowledge on how better we could do this without, you know, what Marsh had earlier mentioned and probably with a lot of protests. And that, that kind of conversation has, I mean, has been, it's been quite, uh, quite a fruitful conversation that we hope uh, will shape the way we think around bringing up kids. And for those of us who are already in it, it definitely shapes the way I view it and probably how I move on to play this role. So thanks again for your time. Uh, to have this conversation and we hope that the next coming weeks we'll get to maybe talk something closer because one of the key values we want to retrieve from these discussions is how do we help to build ourselves build generations you know with ideas that can shape the way they think but more so to make a society better 
for listening to the podcast. We hope it was fun, enjoyable, and insightful. For social media links, our page is kenyanvoices.simplecast.com. Again, it's kenyanvoices.simplecast.com. Feel free to ask questions, share with your friends, and let us know what you think. For new episode alerts, do not forget to subscribe. Thank you.